listening to the Couples Guide podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We're both licensed marriage and family therapists. And today, like every day, (laughs) we're debunking myths and delivering truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. Episode 94. Yes. Wow. Almost 100. Four, three, <laughs> two, one. Ding, 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 ding. So what are we talking about today? We're pregnant. Woo! <laughs> oh, shit. That would be exciting. Did you? Okay. So somebody had reached out and they're like, you and your husband's podcast. I was like, no, no. We both have separate partner. No. Have no. you heard our podcast? I'm like, I don't. That's weird. So no, we, we're we not. We could, That'd be wild. Um, that would be some osmosis. But we are talking today about the countdown, <laughs> the countdown to kids when couples decide this is for if you are um, in that decision making process or maybe already married and the discussion has come up on the table. I, I would recommend having this discussion literally on your first date. Like, do you want kids or not? Because that can lay the foundation for being in a partnership with, if somebody's like, absolutely not, I never want children. And I'm sitting here like, I can't wait to have, the wind is going crazy, I know. I can't wait to have yeah. like eight kids. Then we're probably not going to be a good fit and we shouldn't be married. So I would, my only caveat is like, if you're dating for partner, if you're dating to just fool around, you don't have to talk about that. But, we're talking um, yeah, like, I, I, that's dating, inherent in what you're saying. Yeah, dating with the intention of, my purpose of dating is to be in a relationship and to have a family and what does a family look like like i want to be married i'm open to a family and if the person that you're going on the date with is not at that level then date for fun but that might not be long term so this is this discussion is like helping couples decide whether or not to have children and if they do Mm -hmm. want to have children how can you how can you discuss as much as humanly possible prior to, because as I joke, imaginary children are the easiest to raise that you can have the best laid plans. You can read all the parenting books. You can make all the best decisions and something happens against the plan. Um, and we can do a whole other episode on infertility, but being able to have this discussion and making sure you're on the same page and what would it look like is a very helpful thing to do. Definitely in couples therapy, but couples can do this even outside the therapy office. Yeah. As you were talking, I didn't think about this beforehand, but as you're talking, I'm thinking like, I, a little thought is like, have this discussion early and often. But when I say often, I don't mean like every week. I mean, more often than you probably are already thinking about having it. (laughs) Or making the assumption we've talked about it once we're still on the same page because opinions and, and opinions can change, uh, different than if it's like, no, I'm staunch on this, like. 100% regardless of who I'm with this is who I am we're not talking about that kind of opinion but like Uh oh I thought I wanted one and a lot of families have that they're like I thought I wanted a big family then I had one kid and they were an angel so we had another and they were a demon so we had no more or we had one kid it turned about to be really difficult we didn't want to have more so again things can change but the value of having this discussion and what child what creating like an in psychoanalysis it's like going from like oneness to twoness when you become uh-huh. in a relationship and then twoness to threeness four etc expanding from there it's not just the marital 
dyad or the, or the couple relationship regardless anymore, there's more people involved. There's trying, there's triangles, there's triangulation. You can feel resentful of your child. You can feel envious of your spouse. Like there's so much that can go up that we don't often talk about because we're just like, Oh, it'd be cool to have a baby. Like what? That's if, we're, if that's the only discussion you're having, this episode is for you. You want to dive yes. in further? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, especially because like all those assumptions are there, and a lot of them come from our family culture or dominant mm-hmm. culture. And then a lot of people don't talk about it until they yeah. have the kids. And then, of course, what I hope we all know <laughs> is like once you once you actually yeah. have that infant back home. Mm-hmm. All you're trying to do is take care of it, make sure it doesn't die, and you're sleeping if you can. Like, if, there's no time if, for these yeah. great, in-depth, heartfelt, connecting discussions no. for a little while. It's going to be a, a few months, if not years, before you're back to that. Uh-huh, minimum, so, yeah. Preventative discussions, yeah. maybe, or, you know, early and often, like I said, like, starting mm-hmm. out, I love your thing of... If you're out there dating and meeting people and you're dating for a forever type human, then yeah, bring that up early. Um, Normalizing that. I'm not saying you have to spend your entire first, you know, date talking about every single, you know, hope you have for the future of family, but it is such a deal breaker. It is such an important part of what we want for our futures and such Mm -hmm. an important part of what you inherently um, think about when you want to build a family with your future spouse, um, future partner. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah, uh, it's good to get that out sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also I think about, oh, actually, never mind. Another thing you said that I really liked is part of having these discussions and why I say like frequent, or at least sure. like, you know, more often than you're, you're thinking of having is your point about these things change, uh, whether it's, you've had a kid already, or it's like, you might've first started dating and mm-hmm. gone like, yeah, I really want a family. And then things change in our lives and maybe it's like oh you know what now I'd rather I think I thought I wanted a kid like in my late 20s I'm kind of thinking maybe like in my mid 30s well for some couples that's really not a big difference like it's like that doesn't really change our lives that much for some other couples or one partner that's a huge difference Mm -hmm. that's a huge difference Mm-hmm. And part of the challenge skill, but also like the triumph and joy of partnership is being able to talk about these things and come from a place of openness, curiosity, and collaboration yeah. to figure out, okay, it's not just about what I want anymore. Um, it's mm-hmm. about as we develop our relationship, what we want and how much do I need to sacrifice my own personal goals that's probably yes. something I want to talk more in depth about. Like yes. when you kind of like switch from this is me versus this is us on the kids front. Mm-hmm. And then also, of course, when you have the kid, not just yeah. about you anymore, it's about no. the family because you've chosen Correct. to take the responsibility of having a yes. child. Yes. Yes. And the, the, I think the best way to set the foundation is again, like on the first date, for sure. <laughs> if you are very, very strong about one opinion or the other or one direction, not the band. Um, yes, actually bring that up on a first date too, though. <laughs> if the person doesn't like the music taste that you like, you don't want to have kids with them, no. <laughs> um, but really being clear about that. And if you're undecided, be honest and open about being undecided. So let's say you've gotten past that point, you're in a relationship with someone, they at minimum, we're like, I'm open to it. It's not like I don't ever want kids. I, I would be open to it. Let's talk about it. And the other person that they're with is like, I'd be open to it. Let's talk about it. This is the 
talking about it, what is going to change in our relationship? How are we going to maintain our couple dynamic so it doesn't get overtaken by the parent dynamic? What can we do about alone time? Let's set some, of course, they're going to change, but as reasonable and realistic as possible, are you willing to go to therapy for this? Are you willing to take parent training classes? Are you willing to read these books? Like get the discussion of uh, what it would be like going prior to it actually happening, obviously. And some of those questions will, the answers might change as you learn more and be open. I also highlight for couples, be open when you get new information or you read different books or you read different articles that your view could change. You only are making the decision you're making based on the information you currently have and exploring more in um, your discussions or even in therapy, what is important about being a parent? What are some of the hopes that you have? What are some of the dreams that you have? What are some of the fears that you have in becoming a parent? And this is where having done couples therapy, I think, could be remarkably helpful because we hopefully uh, at the other side of it have helped you to create a stronger bond with one another, be more aware of each other's triggers and activations and how to kindly discuss and navigate through those, really discussing what the hopes and dreams as well as fears are with becoming parents. And it's so common to have mixed emotions about it. I would love it, but I'm also scared shitless. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was going to lean into mm -hmm. on what to discuss before becoming a, yeah. um, parents or before having kids is the hopes and fears. Um, and yeah, uh, if that's not something that, uh, in your relationship are used to talking about, that is where couples therapy like helps get used to talking about those deeper things. Yes. And one way to help couples who aren't used to talking about those hopes and fears have some structure on it is I always look at it as like with kids specifically and future planning, think mm -hmm. about the one, five, 10 year plan. I, I know yes. we've mentioned this before on the podcast and other contexts. And that yep. can get a cool. So what are your hopes and fears for the first year of having kids? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Um, I won't shower. And not just about, <laughs> and what? I won't shower. That's my fear. I will not shower. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it's into that, that, that natural, true, yeah. like, there's that yeah, cool earthy, thing. Where, like, if granola, you, yeah. yeah. If you don't actually, like, wash mm -hmm. your hair for a while, like, it actually gets really natural and cool. So I've been told ah. once you get past the stinky period. But mm -hmm. I will not be finding um, that out. <laughs> but when I, but with this, yeah, with this um, one, five, 10 year, like structure of talking about your hopes and fears, talk about it in terms of parenting of what mm -hmm. you're hopeful about in your relationship as parents to your mm -hmm. kid, kids, and also your fears in yes. relationship as being parents together to your kid or kids, but mm -hmm. also your hopes and fears of your relationship. You said yes. something important and I want to highlight it the not losing the focus of the relationship when you become parents and not letting mm -hmm. parenting take over yes. your world yes. obviously or hopefully i should say yeah. hopefully that will be a very big part of your world right and your identity will shift because oh my gosh you're a parent now but not let it take over to where you lose your individual sense of self mm -hmm. and your sense of self in your primary relationship mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. summarize Yes. In the hopes and fears. One, five, yeah. ten year, both in parenting and in relationship, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. um, and it's such a great place to talk and have a collaboration of how you see the future going. Yeah. And being open to more of the functional slash structural questions like what what did you like about your childhood? What did you not like about your childhood? What are your thoughts on discipline? What types of um, consequences are you okay with? 
what types of structure do you want? Do you want to raise the kids religious? Will they have our last name? Like all of those questions. And I've worked with many couples on that, even at the marital level, whose last name, let's, what does it mean? What is the family system going to look like? And also definitely discussing, which we've talked about this before at the holiday episodes, especially what is the extended family influence going to be like? I might love my partner and love a few members of their family, but what if I absolutely hate the way they were parented, don't respect that, like you are marrying into a family or partnering and parenting into a family, regardless of the marital status. If you're having a child with somebody, their DNA is inside of them. And the way that they were brought up is in their psyche. So Mm -hmm. it, it matters a lot how you discuss that with them. And if there is a concern to bring that up, you know, when we've talked, or I've talked to your mom or this, it sounds like you were left home a lot as a kid, or it sounds like you were smothered as a kid, or you were spanked as a kid. That's not going to work for me. We need to come up with a discussion at minimum about those topics to safely explore it. And yes, it might change once you actually have children on some of those things, but talking about those things that nobody really wants to, because that's not the fun, like, oh, let's pick out the onesie and make the nursery and this and that, like that all goes to shit. You're going to be sleep deprived, exhausted. It's the hardest job that you'll ever have. And you want to make sure as much as you can, you're on the same page with that person. Work schedules. Uh Who's going to go back to work? Am I going to go back to work? What happens if I don't want to go back to work? What is if the, like my partner's a shift worker, what's that going to be like? Are you going to take days off? How are we going to get the support? If you can't be her, who else can be? Are we getting a doula? Uh Like so many questions go into this and it's the fun part of the discussion if you align on a lot and it can be an uncomfortable part if you have that answer and you're like oh shit I never knew you felt that way like this might you might have some doubts be placed in you don't cut and run right away call a couple's therapist if you're hitting some roadblocks or you've uncovered wait a second I didn't know you felt that way about this I'd love to learn more in a safe environment can you tell me more why that's important for you yeah and just to clarify, so when do you think it's time to start talking about these things? Because I think, I mean, we started with like first asking mm-hmm. about the kid question first date. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we made it clear, like, I'm definitely not saying that these are the things you talk about on first date. No, no. that's a bit too in depth. So in-depth. when does the conversation shift, ishy, into mm-hmm. these more in depth places? Is this you're still exploring on a date? Is this a partner for me? Or is it, no, like we, we have gotten to a depth of relationship where we are talking about future plans and um, and now it's time to start getting into the nitty gritty of this. Uh, I have an um, answer, but I guess I threw it as a question to you. So where yeah, would you, I, my you answer, start talking about these things? My answer is both. <laughs> so okay. as you're continuing to date, get to know somebody and being in a relationship with them all the way up until before the choice actually comes to fruition and if you're let's say one of the things is I want to be at least engaged before we have a baby or I want to be married before we have a baby whatever milestones you have in place or I want to save x amount of money like whatever those milestones are that you're looking for to feel prepared for it absolutely before those milestones occur but this does need to be discussed I know it sounds backwards, but I have some more unpopular opinions. So I guess like against the grain opinions, I don't want to spend years of my life building with somebody only to come to find out that these kinds of questions are so like staunch and ingrained and they're unwilling, which is their right, unwilling to change their mind on it. And we don't align. And then now I'm grieving the loss of a relationship 
that potentially didn't have to go as long as it did if I had brought up some of these topics much earlier on. So I would say when you, first date for sure, first few dates, like gauge how they like their family, if they want a family and if they have a specific timeline. Because let's say I'm going in and I'm like, I need to be pregnant within two years, blah, blah, blah. Or I've been told by a doctor, here's my fertility window. Like there could be very strict things on that. Yeah. And you're going on a date with somebody who's like, yeah, whenever. <laughs> if you can't give me a year or a day on whenever, I actually don't think that I can further this commitment because this goal has to take precedence for me. Like I would say as early and often as possible. And once you're in the relationship and you're starting to get that gauge of building a life, to your point, the one, five, 10 years, if you've already agreed, we're not going to have kids for five to 10 years, you can still have these discussions along the way. So <laughs> very early on, all the way up until it happens. And once it's happened, I don't think they're ever off limits. I wouldn't wait though, till you're madly in love and these things could be deal breakers. And then you have to sell yourself short or compromise yourself. If you feel like, well, do I want to stay in this relationship? Like, this is something so important to me, but it sounds like I can't have this if I'm staying with you. That's heartbreaking. And it could be an, inev or an avoidable heartbreak if you had brought it up earlier sometimes. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to rupture it or rock the boat. Which just avoids it and makes it worse later. But um... Which makes the, yeah, which makes the rocking of the boat like a full capsize sometimes. Yeah, then, then you're, yeah, yeah, you know people overboard situation if you yeah my so my answer would be summarized if you think it's something that would be a deal breaker like if your answer maybe in the past has not turned people off in that sense but they're like i want to be with somebody with kids you don't or i only want x amount of kids if we can i'm unwilling to adopt family expansion other ways of what is having a family look like tell that person in the beginning so they can make an informed decision if you happen to know that and as soon as you come up with something let the person know if you don't know it when they ask. Yeah, I love that. Like, I, I don't love deal breakers in general, <laughs> but the reality is, like, we have those in our do, lives. Do we have um, them? Do we not? How many? Yeah. Do, like, children are always a deal breaker. Yeah, that's always a big one because it's such a big life decision that has strong hopes yeah. and dreams with them. And inherently, it requires, I shouldn't say it. It absolutely requires another person, but it's very difficult to make that lifestyle choice as a solo human. I know a few people who oh, without yeah. partners have chosen yes. to become a single parent. Sure. That's really hard. And anyway. I imagine they still have a support system. Uh, the, the only ones that I know who have done that, they are in a financial situation yeah. where they can do that, yeah. um, which is a huge privilege. And most right. people don't have that ability. Right. Um, but there's still, it's not, even yeah. if it's not with a partner, there's other people, they're not doing literally everything all alone all the time. That's my, yeah. like, exactly. couples yeah. can feel like that if you don't discuss this properly. Exactly. How sad is that to feel like you're single parenting in a marriage? And this, this could be a whole other episode. There's times where the partner wants to give and wants to parent and wants to do all of those things and they're being blocked. And there's other times where they have no desire or interest and they are like, I told you from the beginning, if you want to have a kid, it's your job. Okay. Like I will provide you this. I've, I've worked with, we shake our heads, but that's happened yeah. before where it's like, you want this. I will provide what I need to my, here's my sperm and here's my money, but I don't want to be in the hands-on of the raising of the children. And that's usually not what people are wanting when they're like, I really want to have kids with you. Yeah. So expectations of how involved you would be as also a good um, I think that question. I can actually get on 
I actually cringed when you said that initially, but I could get on board with something like that arrangement if both partners talked about it ahead of time. If it's an agreement, 100%. And they went into it. Yeah, but, go for it. But what I'll say is, like, you can have those agreements and all of these agreements, all of these things are with, like, the best you can plan. It doesn't matter. Such a big life change. You can't plan for everything. No. So it, this is a good example I'm leaning into because... Yeah, the partner who is like, hey, I'll provide whatever and that's my role and I'll mm -hmm. make sure that I'm doing that and that's cool. And other and then you are the primary partner, cool, or the primary parent, cool. That's but with an agreement between the two that and just acknowledging, but when the kid comes and reality hits, you've got to still acknowledge you're still both on the hook for the full responsibility of this yes. human being. Yes. And no matter what, don't just assume your planning was perfect and you got it down no. assume you're going to get things wrong even in your planning so mm -hmm. that you know there's absolutely going to be times after you've had kids you need to have a regroup and go hey did this work are new we plans, on board with this new team stuff? yeah yeah and or this yeah and that's part of parenting period whether you have that kind of yes. dynamic of a primary yeah. parent versus someone who's kind of contributing in different ways it, it's always got to be a collaboration one way or another mm -hmm. and know that just like as we've talked about in relationships, you have to always pay attention to yourself and your partner changing and growing, adding another or multiple other humans into the mm -hmm. family means you're going to have to have, you know, game plan uh, adjustments and go, mm -hmm. hey, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. But I think that's one of the cool things you can talk about ahead of time and go, let's acknowledge that we can share our hopes and fears as much as we uh, fully, we can share those fully and think about what's going to be like, and then also talk about there's stuff that life's going to change and that's yeah. okay. And that's where like a strong foundation in relationship allows you to weather those changes. So they're not big storms that break a family. Instead, they're wonderful bonding moments of, okay, let's group together and right. figure out this problem. Yeah. And this is where coming from a strong couple unit, strong dyadic unit from the base helps because you already have those systems in place and those conversation styles in place. And then you're just applying it to a new topic. Granted, it's a much more personal topic. Go ahead. You have an aha moment. Oh yeah. I was jumping in. Well, when you're saying that's like, and that's where like, in some ways we're saying like what to discuss about mm -hmm. kids before you have them and when to, mm -hmm. and the, the, the content in those discussions do matter. Yes. But it's also just more important that you're having the discussions, the process of having that them and how partner. they're occurring. Yeah. Yes, because <laughs> yes, that's those are these kind of discussions allow you to practice that skill set of being a team, talking mm -hmm. about it, seeing where we align and where can we collaborate so mm -hmm. that when things are difficult later on, 20 years down the road, yeah. you've had practice and a strong foundation. So yes. I just point out that, yes, the, the content of those discussions we're recommending, mm -hmm. I, I still recommend but yeah. also just having them inherently as a process that will strengthen your relationship. Yes. Have the strong foundation prior to expanding the family is again, this is also ideal. And I know that there's people who they, it was not, um, it was not planned. It was more unintentional, but very welcomed that family came up. This is, this topic is for a specific set of couples who are being very intentional about 
the planning of the expansion of the family. And these questions are still valid if the family already exists. I want to say both. Like that's if you're hearing, yeah. yeah, if you're hearing this and being like, well, that's nice, but like that's the ideal. Okay, it's one, but these questions are still valid, even if the the what is it, the something has left the factory. I can't think of it, but like once the train has left the station, the ship has sailed, the train has left the station. It's here. It's goo goo gaga time. Like you can still have these conversations. It's not too late. It's not like, oh, we already had the family or they're six or seven years old. We can't. No, you need to. Parenting is a lifelong job. Whether you like it or not, you will always be your child's parent and they will always view you as such until and until they reach this age as they're older, where they can also see you as a person who has like their own separate life, et cetera. But sometimes with families, the parents are so intent on being parents. They actually don't, they're, they're prioritizing who they're picking based on the parent traits rather than liking that marital couple and marital relationship. So that can obviously almost get into some like enmeshment. But this, again, goes back to you can strengthen your couple relationship at any phase, mm-hmm. even if you've already had kids. These questions are still valid to re, like double check and, and come up with a new plan. Yeah, I, I want to just hit that again, yeah. just to harp on it a little bit. But it's so important that, yes, these um, content discussions, these things about what to talk mm-hmm. about before having kids are still really important things to talk about no matter where you're at, whether you've been married for years mm-hmm. and haven't had kids, or if you've had kids already and you realize, gosh, what are we doing? Like what, what's the next, yeah. next step? Still super useful. Yes. And um, the timing of it, if you're going to have another kid, mm-hmm. almost mentally as much as you can act as though you haven't had one before and ask these questions brand new and fresh because you might get some new data and information because approaching it with, well, we already have them. Why not have another if you're in a financial position to do so or in a mental health position to do so, okay, like mental stability wise, but you can change your mind. Like mm-hmm. you can have the best laid plans and still change your mind on this. But once you've like, once the baby is home from the hospital or has home birth or whatever, like once the baby is home and you are parenting the baby, these questions still have to be asked and doing check-ins, maybe not every week, but that postpartum, that fourth trimester, if you will, or the, you know, the, after you have a baby, you're not the same hormonally for a very quite some time and keeping an eye on that. What are some of those changes? So this is like you said, you're not like blissfully like, oh, they're sleeping through the night. That's a rarity. I have to, I have a shower and they're perfectly trained in this and that and they latch so I can do breastfeed if I want. Like best laid plans. And sometimes that doesn't, most of the time that is not what ends up happening and you feel- yeah, like plan on it yeah, not happening. Yeah, plan on it not happening and be pleasantly surprised if it does go yeah. that way. That's another one of the questions in the beginning is what what do you think it's going to be like when we get home from the hospital? And if your partner is coming from a very big family or they've had younger siblings that they had to care for, they might have a totally different lens than somebody who's an only child or the youngest sibling where they never saw that. And that makes perfect sense. So have those open dialogue discussions about what those expectations are. And I would really highlight with the choice to have children, to what degree and how involved do you want the extended family to be? Some couples I've worked with, and I've gone through this even personally, it's like, I would be comfortable doing that or expanding because of the person I am with and watching them with their family. Or I actually would not... I whether I want kids aside or not, the way that your family is, I would never want to bring children into the world with you because that is a nightmare and I don't want to have that. I don't want to have that influence. So 
be mindful of your decision as a self. Do you want to be a parent or not? At what time do you want to be a parent or not? And then be comp- you can compromise or be a little flexible if you find a person where you're like, oh my gosh, their whole, like, I didn't want to raise kids right now, but their whole family lives so close by and they could help us and I like them. That makes me feel more comfortable about doing it sooner. So having, having that in mind too, how involved do you want the extended family to be if you want them involved at all? <laughs> and uh-huh. might that be important? So you might need to make a move to go be closer to family before having kids. I don't recommend moving while pregnant. Um, it's just a lot. You <laughs> just don't do that. Don't add it on as much as you can. Um, but have that discussion of what does the support system look like? Because some shifts and changes might need to be made to have that come true as much as possible. And just going down that mini tangent, like also what are the boundaries with the family mm-hmm. support system? Um, yes. For some people, um, you know, and that's going to be, sorry, uh, it's also going to be a talking with the family once you mm-hmm. and your partner have a united front yes. of what that is and the boundaries yeah. are talking to the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some people, you might be like, oh my gosh, yes, I love my father-in-law and he can drop by any time yes. he wants without yes. announcing. Yes. And for some people, that is so intrusive and so rude. It'd be like, mm-hmm. hell no, can mm-hmm. that happen? Um, no right or wrong. It's just Personal about preference. what do you yeah. with your partner collaborate on and what feels good for you. Some people would love yeah. that kind of like all the time support any moment. Mm-hmm. Other are like, no, like I'm, I need some heads up or at least can may I please come over? Is that okay? Yeah. Just or, or it's 15. Day. Hey, I'm on my way. And then you can text the QR. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Not right now. Yeah. Just, just whatever is right. But yeah, you know, the, the, it sounds, well, maybe I don't, I was gonna say it sounds simple, but maybe in my brain, it sounds simple. So it's worth saying that mm-hmm. you start with collaboration with your partner to identify mm-hmm. what you, what's right for you two. Once yeah. you have an agreement together and united front, then you go and communicate that to the respective other people in your family. Mm-hmm. And then you support each other in maintaining those boundaries and those decisions. And yes. if whoever partner is of the family that needs some boundary maintenance, they're the point person to communicate that to their family. Um, yes. Just a really quick tangent of yeah. some basic boundary no, that's, discussion that's, and, and discussion. But that's so family. helpful because that is often a tipping point for couples of, do I want to have kids or not? I could yeah. think that, my partner has an incredibly enmeshed relationship with his mother. And I'm like, there's no way I'm raising kids with you because she's going to be here all the time. I need you to tell me if you're going to be a parent, not your mom. Yeah. Like yep. this is, this goes back to all of the other discussions we've talked about in other 90 something episodes that we've done. Start with the foundation, even if you're building it now from um, kind of like restructuring the foundation. And when you're deciding whether to have children or not really the best question, and this is part of the couples analytic training that I've done is, am I prepared for things to never be the same way again? And I'm not trying to sound doomsday with that. It could be better than you ever thought possible. We're not saying worst case direction, but am I at a place in my life with my own mental stability, my career as much as possible? My like, Have I set up enough safety parameters and security parameters in place that I am prepared and with this specific person that things may never look the same way again, hopefully in the best possible direction, but likely it's going to be a rough patch. Do I have a number for a couples therapist? And are these discussion points? And I have a a list of 28 questions we can put in the show notes for people to really read through. Are any of these so upheaving that you do want to process that with a third person to get to some sort of resolution? Even if that resolution is 
I don't think that we should have kids at all, or I don't think we should have them right now. So glad we had this talk. We need at least five more years to prepare and then I'll feel ready. Okay. You're never fully ready for it, but there's better times than others is what I will say. Um, I'm going to try to link this to my last point on this topic. Sure. Um, this idea of, of, of maybe I'm taking from you this idea of like maybe working with a therapist or like getting mm -hmm. good on your end so that you mm -hmm. can bring it into the relationship yeah. so you're in a good place with all these challenges. That's one of the benefits of therapy is that you can process your thoughts and feelings to show up as your best self in your relationship. And I want to link that to my last idea of there's a shift that happens in relationships from, like I said earlier, from um, this is a me deal breaker to now we're in us. So shifting from me and you into us. Mm -hmm. And kids is one of those big life things that inherently involves that shift. And so to explain that concept, like, so when you're dating and you're seeing if this person you're dating is future material. It's still very me and you. You're mm -hmm. developing the bond that will later become us, but it's still very much, this is what I want. This is my yeah. boundary. Either you fit with that and we share some hopes and dreams that make me want to make a commitment into us, or I'm through the dating process, I learned, oh, no, not really right. It's not really what I want. You know, you don't want the same family future right. that I do. Right. So it's right. done. But it's so important with this conversation to acknowledge something hopefully if a good relationship will change where you shift from the you and me into the us and that's where it's not as useful to go very clear on these are my boundaries right and you have to know when in your relationship you shifted to that us for some people it's as um obvious as marriage okay we are now married and i'm no longer that separate entity for my partner um, for some people, it's before marriage. And for some people, it takes a little while to get into that. Though I would kind of say, like, if you've gotten married, I would hope that you're at mm -hmm. that last place yet. Hopefully. All of this is to say, then, because having children is inherently a family and future big commitment, you can't approach it with the same version of I'm different than you with a rigid boundary. No, you, you just cannot. Can't. Yeah. It has to be like, well, if we talk before we are married and for years our plan was to have kids, but then later on, one of us decides we don't want to have kids. Well, that's a huge thing for the other person who really wanted kids. Mm -hmm. And so I'm bringing this up to acknowledge like this is definitely one of those kind of discussions that if that you need to pay attention to your relationship have you shifted from just me and you making our own separate yes. decisions into yes. we're in an us stage now. And it changes the way you approach a topic like this to where it's no longer just about what's right for you. It's mm -hmm. about what's right for the relationship for us together. Yes. And so, you know, I don't, I don't often come to the podcast with that type of grayness in, in having discussions. I'm much more about being clear with yourself, be clear with your boundaries, communicate that to your partner, and then, you know, collaborate in that space. This is like an intentional idea of going, ooh, I need to look more at maybe I need to grieve that what I want isn't going to happen in this relationship fully. Um, I never really wanted kids. Um, so I need to grieve the fact that, you know, my partner does and I've committed. It's an us now. I've made that commitment. Um, yeah, I could choose to end an otherwise great relationship. But I made a commitment. And so now it's time to maybe grieve, huh, that, maybe that lifestyle I'd hoped for isn't going to be there because something's changed for me or for my partner over the course of life. Yes. 
that's an example, not a recommendation, by the way. That's showing how a different approach to this conversation is yeah. so big needs yes. to come with an us mentality at a certain point in a relationship. Yes. And, and I know this, this will actually be the last note that I have the, you can, you are still a self. <laughs> you can okay. still change your mind within the us is obviously like, I think yeah. what you're saying as well. And if you have all the way back to that beginning, if you're vacillating between like, do I even want to be a parent or not? That's something you can do as self-exploration before being in a relationship, like do some work on yourself about that look at your own upbringing. What did you like? What did you not like? That's very much so the theme of individual therapy that can help you to make that decision and arrive at like, yeah, I'm I'm ready for this. And then my view is I want to find somebody who wants to do this with me. Not like I'm indifferent about it. I could be convinced. Like that's not the position I would recommend starting from us. Like I'm absolutely neutral. It's up to this specific person to convince me in this. Like, don't do that. Be ready yourself and then build the us and the we towards that. Love it. Know your thoughts and feelings, your sense of self, and bring yes. it to the relationship. Love yep. it. Awesome. All right. That'll do it for episode 94. Thank you, everyone, for listening, as always. Yes. We'll see you next if time. You, yeah, we'll see you next time. If you have questions um, mm-hmm. for us and you want us to answer the podcast, shoot us yes. an email, ryanandtalia at thecouplesguidepodcast.com. Yes. You can also answer Q&A on my page or the answers put your answers to the questions that I pose, I would say, <laughs> um, at Talia Bombola, and then we can answer them on the show if you want, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much, everyone. Take good care.